everyone, and welcome to another episode of uh, the Wyatt Sharp Show. Today, Lindsay Parks, the MPP for Durham, as well as Ontario's Parliamentary Assistant to the Attorney General, uh, is joining me. Lindsay, it's um, great to have you here today. So my first question for you, Lindsay, is uh, why did you get involved in politics and when did you get involved? It's a good question, Wyatt. I actually did not grow up in a political family at all. I grew up in a hockey family. So my uh, my dad was a professional hockey player, and so uh, by by nature, uh, there was a lot of discussion about hockey around uh, the kitchen table, and we were much more likely on a Saturday night to be discussing uh, uh, the latest Leafs trade and watching Hockey Night in Canada, uh, you know, and not, not discussing politics really at all growing up. Um, and so it wasn't until later on, after I, I got a scholarship away to play um, hockey and university in the in the U.S. Um, got a chance to play at the highest level uh, there and then when I was finished and I was deciding what to do next uh, when some of my friends were going on uh, to train for Team Canada I decided to move back uh, to Canada and and go to law school and so it was there actually in law school that I started to take an interest in you know how our laws are made and how they change um, and, uh, why, you know, how we have those, those memories that, that stand out to us of something, you know, our parents have said, or our, our teachers yeah. have said to us along the way. Uh, I remember this moment, uh, of a professor saying to, to the class in the first year of law school, uh, well, there, there are two ways to change the laws in our country. Uh, either you can be a lawyer and take a case to the Supreme Court, and you may or may not change an aspect of the law doing that. Uh, or you can be involved in politics and involved in changing the laws every day. Uh, and that summer after first year law was uh, a federal election. So I decided to just volunteer and, and get involved and see what this politics thing was all about. Okay, so um, that's a cool story actually. So uh, your color the, the color-coded framework for COVID-19 has been brought back. Just today, it was announced that 27 more public health regions will move out of the gray lockdown level uh, on February 16th. So um, lots of people are um, scared, though, about uh, the potentiality of us going back into another lockdown, because uh, many of the experts are saying that uh, it's almost inevitable that by April we will see a third wave of COVID. So uh, what would you say to someone that's uh, scared about the fact that we'll see a third wave or um, they're scared about the, the fact that they might lose their job again from having to go into uh, which at that point would then be the third lockdown from COVID. Well, I think there's certainly hope ahead, uh, Wyatt, with the, the beginning of the rollout of the vaccine. Uh, in Durham Region, actually, we've had tremendous leadership through, through this time from public health and from Lake Ridge Health that, that runs our hospital network. Um, and so we were one of the first regions to get every um, uh, long-term care home uh, vaccinated. Every resident has had the opportunity now uh, to get the vaccine. Um, and so I think uh, our job ahead is, uh, has a few important things involved. One is making sure we're continuing to protect our seniors and our most vulnerable, uh, particularly in long-term care homes. Um, but also um, as we start to reopen the economy, we all need to continue to be vigilant because uh, our success depends on that. Uh, we need to continue to keep in mind the measures we've been following 
over the last number of months so that our businesses can be successful. Because as you described, Wyatt, we don't want to have to go back to another lockdown. We want to be able to open safely um, and we want our businesses to be successful. And one of the changes Premier Ford announced that I was really happy to see is even in, we're, we're entering on Tuesday, Wyatt, the red color uh, yeah. in Durham region. As um, are a lot of the, um, a lot of the regions that aren't Toronto, Peel and York. Exactly. And so at least in the red um, uh, code, you know, color code, uh, retail will be able to be open at 50% capacity. Um, and then if we, if we were to ever in, in Durham have to go back into the gray zone because cases started to go up significantly, uh, retail can still be open at 25% capacity, even in the gray. Um, and so we're hoping we can continue to find ways for businesses to operate safely. Okay, um, so you're, uh, the education minister, Stephen Lecce, announced just yesterday uh, that March break will be getting pushed back until um, the middle of April. There's been a lot of um, talk about they're doing, uh, your government is doing this because they wanna try and keep kids in school for as long as possible, but they're trying to avoid uh, something like what happened in uh, after winter break, where the chief medical officer recommended that they delay school closures and that your government doesn't want to have to do that. Um, so what would you say to someone, uh, and just the simple question is, why did your government uh, delay school closures? Or sorry, delay yeah. March break, rather, sorry. March break, yeah. Well, it, what was interesting, why it is on this particular topic, I, through this time, because there's not many in-person events to do as the MPP, I've been doing lots of just calls and, and emails uh, with my, my constituents, because it's really the only way to stay in touch right now. And uh, many of them actually proactively brought up to me, Wyatt, that they wondered if we would consider delaying March break or frankly, even canceling March break to avoid, you know, a lot of the things that people tend to do when they're on vacation, which is travel, you know, let your guard down, um, have gatherings. And so I think that was probably some of the thinking behind why the chief medical officer recommended uh, delaying the March break. Okay, so uh, we saw a statistic saying that in Canada, in the month of January alone, Canada lost over 213,000 jobs. Uh, and I asked this question to Minister Vic Fideli as well, because I think it's important. But uh, a large amount of those 213,000 you would expect to come from Ontario, given that Ontario is the biggest province. So what will the government be doing to bring these 213,000 jobs back and ensure that Ontarians can get back to work? Well, I think the, the most important thing we can all do, as I said, Wyatt, is, the, is to continue to be vigilant, because if we are, the case numbers are going in the right direction right now. They're coming down, and that means our businesses are going to be able to reopen, and, and hopefully, uh, with additional measures in place, they'll be able to open safely, and we'll continue to see case numbers go in the right direction, um, and our hospital capacity maintained, so we can get back to as some people are describing why it's the new normal. Um, and uh, that's critical. Businesses have to be able to reopen and operate safely um, to bring jobs back. Um, and and uh, for us to, to begin on the way towards that economic recovery. Now we know uh, that recovery won't happen overnight. Uh, you know, everything doesn't come back overnight and we, 
we, we also can't afford to bring everything back and open suddenly um, because that, that could really have the opposite uh, effect of what we're intending to do, which is keep case numbers low and, and um, have healthy people so we can have a healthy economy. Uh, and so I think what you'll see, and, and, and hopefully if it continues to progress in the right direction, is a gradual reopening of the economy so we can continue to bring back each and every month uh, more jobs and, and create new kinds of jobs. So we're seeing, um, you know, out here um, in part of the area I represent is Oshawa. I represent the north part of Oshawa. And we've even heard during the pandemic great news about um, GM bringing jobs back to Oshawa. Uh, so there is there are silver linings. There is hope amongst the uncertainty. And so I think we all need to continue to hold on to that hope and continue to do our part so so we can move towards better days ahead. Okay, and so you kind of mentioned that your government is gonna go to more of like a every month trying to bring back a certain amount of jobs, but um, what would you say to someone that is sitting at home right now, um, struggling to put food on the table and, and um, doesn't have a paycheck to provide essentials basically for for them to be able to live um like how many months do you think it would take in order so we can say that all of the jobs that were lost during the pandemic are are back and all Ontarians are back to work that's a good question why and and there's no perfect answer I can I can yeah, do yeah, my best sure. prediction um, but a couple days ago, uh, Minister Peter Bethlenfalvy, who's our Minister of Finance, um, he just released the quarterly update um, on the finances in Ontario. And so with that, there's a bunch of kind of predictions where we're going to be um, over the, the next few years. And, it, and it's the projections right now is it's going to take a couple years uh, for the economy to fully come back. Um, and so in the meantime, as government, we need to continue to support people that are struggling, as you mentioned, Wyatt. Um, and so if, you know, if you have friends, if you yourself are struggling and you're finding the government programs are not, um, you know, meeting your immediate needs, those are, those are things I want to hear about as the local MPP, because we want to make sure through this time that we continue to support the people um, that are behind the, the amazing businesses we have um, and amazing sectors like, the, like, uh, like at Ontario Power Generation in our nuclear industry uh, uh, here in Durham um, and uh, in every sector across the province. Okay, um, all good points. So next I wanna talk about the carbon tax. Um, your government doesn't support the carbon tax. Uh, but the, the COVID-19 pandemic has shadowed out many issues with the carbon tax being one of them. And I think the majority of people can agree that COVID was more important than the carbon tax for, for uh, the most part. So uh, after the pandemic is over, or even um, towards the ending of the pandemic, when it's clear that we're almost near the end, uh, will your government continue um, not supporting the carbon tax? Or is this something that they would revisit and maybe start to reconsider? Well, I can definitely speak to Wyatt where we're at today. Um, since we formed government, um, we have been as a government, our, our uh, attorney general and premier have challenged in court uh, the federal carbon tax that's been imposed on the provinces. Um, some would say unfairly and, and against the province's will. And, and as a government, we've tried to work with 
uh, the federal government to come up with an environment plan that works for the people of Ontario. And so it's called our Made in Ontario Environment Plan um, that considers the sectors that are so important to our economy in Ontario and we wanna see continue to recover. Um, and so I think you'll see going forward as we you know, uh, build the path towards economic recovery um, that we do it in a balanced way that respects the environment, um, but also supports our economy. Uh, and, and it's not an either or, and I don't believe it's an either or. I would consider myself an environmentalist. One of the reasons I got involved in politics is because I think that's an issue of the day that we all as, you know, as young people and, uh, and the next generation need to pay a lot, of a lot of attention to. We only have one planet, you know, in Durham region, we want to take care of the, the amazing landscape we have around us, our clean air and our clean water. And we're 100% committed to doing that at the provincial level. Um, we just think there's a way to do it that's best for the Ontario economy. Okay, um, so I wanna also talk about media bias um, because we see news stations that it could also be known as media censorship, but we see news stations that lean to the left and then we see some that lean to the right. Uh, so in, my, in your opinion, is media bias a big issue? And if it is a big issue in your opinion, what can be done to stop it? Yeah, I think that's a, a, a source of debate. And I think if you talk to anyone that's worked in media and why you're getting a start at, at a young age working in media, um, everyone brings their views to, to, what, to their work and what they do. Um, and certainly, you know, editorial boards of newspapers um, are made up of a, of a group of people that have opinions. Um, and so they bring those to their job every day and the, the, the views they share in their publications or on their television networks in the case of, of television or, or radio, uh, radio audience. And so there's no question everyone brings a, a certain view to it. Um, uh, one of the things I, I would say when I first got involved in politics, you have to remember why before I was elected, I was a lawyer. And so I was used to being in the courtroom and discussing facts and evidence. Um, and then when you get involved in politics, you realize not everyone is so focused on mm -hmm. facts and evidence. Um, and sometimes they're just interested in saying what they think and getting their message out. Um, and so I think we all have a duty as public servants and I include in that media, media serves the public uh, by informing the public, we all have a duty um, to hold ourselves to the highest ethical standard and make sure we're checking and considering facts and evidence behind any viewpoint we put forward. Okay, uh, so we, we talked about this earlier, um, but sort of, um, but your government took a nonpartisan approach to handling um, the pandemic. So why were the federal and provincial government able to work so well together despite the fact that they're from two political parties. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing because collaboration and uh, is, is always a good thing and cooperation with each other. But uh, yeah, why, why were they all of a sudden able to work so well together? Well, I think like anything, uh, and I think many people have, have made parallels to when our country in the past has been in wartime, um, you know, desperate times um, require of us that we work together and we have all resources on the table. Um, that includes provincial, federal and municipal partners. And we've even seen, you know, so many independent businesses 
organizations in our community come, come together and help. Um, and that's really required when you're in, um, in a pandemic or in any time of desperation as a society. And so I'm so pleased we were able to do that. I think that's what the people of Ontario want from us um, is to be able to, in the, these important times, you know, lay aside our partisan tendencies and really find ways to be collaborative and work together, still be honest and frank about what's best for Ontario um, but certainly to find a way to use our resources to row in the same direction so we can get through this as quick as possible. Okay, so I'm kind of on the same topic of, um, of that, but many people criticized your government, and they also did this on the federal level with both liberals and conservatives, because especially during COVID, we've seen multiple MPs or MPPs or MLAs getting removed from their caucus from statements that they made. An example um, from your government was Roman Babber, um, and then I believe another one's name was Belinda, who I don't know her last name, but I believe she got removed in June or July. Um, and then on the federal level, people like Derek Sloan, um, and then there were other people, but they weren't really related to COVID. Um, but so what would you say to people that say that something like this is um, not supporting free speech? Um, because in, in many ways, all Roman Babber did was write a letter to Premier Ford, but oftentimes, and I'm going to state my own view here, but oftentimes when you're a part of a political party, you're expected to be in line with that party's views. Would you agree with that? I'm, I'm actually so glad you asked that question, because um, it's something I've given a lot of thought to, particularly during the pandemic, when we're all navigating times that are new and uncertain and there's not a clear black and white uh, res best response to things on a daily basis. And I always go back to one of the reasons I joined the Conservative Party and the Progressive Conservative Party at the provincial level is because I, from my perspective, it's one of the only parties left where you can have real debate on some of the issues of the day and not be silenced uh, because you have a particular value system or viewpoints. Um, and so I really appreciate that about our, our party, Wyatt, and I understand the public doesn't necessarily get to see that on a daily basis, but yeah. let me tell you, we've had vigorous debates in our caucus through this time, and I really value that. Um, I, think, I think the premier and cabinet make better decisions when we have that vigorous debate and can ask questions um, in, a, in a safe space uh, in our caucus. And I really value that. And I, I have found all of our cabinet ministers and, and the premier at the provincial level so welcoming of that and welcoming of questions and dialogue. And it really has led us to better decisions um, at the provincial level. And we're not gonna be perfect. In fact, there's, you know, if you look for the perfect political party, why you're not going to find it. <laughs> um, you know, every, every political party has its strengths and weaknesses, and you're not going to find one party you totally align with. Um, and that's why it's important. You're going to have people with different views, even within a party, and, and there has to be a way to share those views to get to decisions. But then when you're part of a team, you know, how dysfunctional would our society be if you had a different person ruling over every part of the province uh, and not a common leader. And so we also need leadership during that this time and we need to stand with our leaders when they make decisions 
And so that's kind of the other side of that coin, Wyatt. And I think it's important we also have that, that strong leadership and a team that stands behind their leader once decisions are made. Okay. And so um, the young Canadians in politics movement is growing, whether it's, you know, seeing social media pages on social media for different political parties, organizations, I know I have that, um, or seeing young people volunteer on behalf of campaigns. Uh, so what would you say to a young person who is thinking about getting involved in politics, who's maybe thinking about, uh, you know, volunteering with a political campaign or wanting to start up a social media page? What would you say to someone? I would say go for it. We need the, the more the merrier. We need more people involved. And it doesn't just have to be, you know, during a federal or provincial election uh, that you get involved. There's there's municipal elections. There are school board elections, even within universities and colleges and and high schools. There are uh, different ways you can take leadership. And so pick an in, pick an issue that's important to you and get involved and start talking about it with people that also care about the issue. Um, you know, the, the, the question I often ask uh, young people and why I'll ask you this question today, you don't have to give me an answer on the show, but you know, if you ask yourself this question, what's the one thing in the world you want to change the most? Or what's the one thing that bothers you the most <laughs> about yeah. the world? And I think that just is, is a question that helps you think about what's most important and what issues you really care about. And we all are going to have slightly different answers to that question. And that's good um, that, you know, and I think it's important to get involved and to talk about the issues you care about the most. Yeah, well, actually, I'll answer it right now. Um, cancel culture is one thing that I really um, am uh, kind of anti-cancel culture. And then um, as a young person, I want to see realistic environmental policies as well as an environmental policy that will actually protect the environment. So um, when we look at something like the carbon tax, it's, um, it's a tax, but it's been proven that it doesn't work. So at this point, it's a money grab and it's taking money away from everyday Ontarians and it's not allowing uh, it's not doing anything for the environment. So um, environmental policy is um, important to me, um, ensuring that we have good jobs for when I um, get older, whether I do run for office or not, or whatever it is, I just, I want to have um, good paying jobs, realistically paying jobs. I don't want to, um, you know, spend, have universal basic income or anything like that, but um, good and strong jobs. But um. So uh, my uh, second to last question for you today is why should the people of Durham vote for you in the next provincial election, which is about a year and a half away now? And um, I don't imagine that that year and a half uh, will last very long. I have a feeling it'll go by quite quickly. For sure. Well, I think, uh, look, Durham, Durham region is changing a lot and it's even more so, I think we've seen it through the pandemic where it's a growing area, particularly the east end of Durham region that I represent. It's Oshawa, uh, Scugog and, and Clarington. And we're seeing lots of people move out to our area during the pandemic, uh, looking to, to get out of the city. And so one of the, the big things I've been focusing on in our area is making sure that those young families that are moving here, as well as our seniors that want to stay here and live here when they retire, um, have the, the modern day transit 
have a healthcare system uh, they can rely on and have jobs to support their families that are here close to home. And so those three things I've, I've made progress on during my term, obviously the, the COVID-19 pandemic in the middle of it has, has changed a little bit of, of what we've been talking about. Um, but, you know, working on getting the GO train to Bowmanville has been a big project I've been, I've been working on and we're making, you know, good progress on. We just held a town hall on it uh, uh, less than within the last month. Um, we've, we've announced a planning grant for the Bowmanville Hospital uh, to turn it into a modern uh, redeveloped hospital that can really meet the needs of our community now and into the future. We're, we're building uh, hospice, the first hospice in Durham region is about to open in my riding as well as we're, we're building a brand new long-term care home. Um, and so these are all things that are important and we're gonna continue to work to, to bring jobs to our community. We've got the OPG uh, new headquarters that's about to you know, be built out in our area as well as the GM jobs that are, are coming back. And so I think there's a lot of exciting times ahead I, and I'm gonna continue to fight for, for jobs, healthcare uh, in transit um, in our community. Okay, and so what can we expect from you now in, uh, in your political career? Are you hoping maybe to make a run for federal politics, uh, maybe get a provincial cabinet position? Uh, just lay out what your dream political career would be. <laughs> it's well, it's hard to think about that right now, Wyatt. I think we're all taking life one day at a time. <laughs> but no, I look, I'm happy to contribute in, in whatever uh, way is, is needed of me. You know, and we all are leaders in our own way. And, uh, and I just, I just want to continue to bring ideas forward that matter to the people of Durham and matter to the people of Ontario um, and continue to instill hope in people about our political system that you can change things and we can continue to make things better. Okay, thank you very much, Lindsay, for um, coming on the uh, show today to discuss uh, some important issues with me. It was good to talk to you. Thanks for having me, Wyatt. No problem.